Welcome into another edition of the MLB Extras Nationals podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Jamal Collier, our Nationals reporter. And Jamal, the Nationals have done what they do, and that's load up on starting pitching. They're at it again. Patrick Corbin agreeing to a deal. Reportedly six years, $140 million. Now, a chunk of that is deferred, which is something the Nats have kind of liked to do in recent years as well. But now you look at in offseason where all the speculation has been, will they bring back Harper? Will they bring back Harper? Will they bring back Harper? And the first big move is to bring in pitching, and then you put Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin together as a one, two, three. That's pretty impressive. Um, are you surprised at all they went this direction, or, or once you knew he was coming to D.C., did you think this was really the team's number one priority? Yeah, I mean, I think from the beginning, starting pitching has just been what they have the foundation of this of this team basically since they've been good and since Mike Rizzo arrived here as general manager uh you know it's almost a direct correlation when their pitching is good their starting pitching is good they usually have a team that makes the playoffs and and, and you know uh, wins the division uh when it has faltered a little bit they don't and I think that you know for all the reasons they didn't make the you know they last year was a disappointment starting pitching and the, and the failure of their starting pitching staff is probably right up there at the top, if not number one, if not 1A, for the reasons that they believe internally that they didn't get to where they wanted to go. Um, so I thought, based on knowing that, they were going to make a pretty serious run as starting pitchers, and I thought that Patrick Corbin was the guy that they targeted as as their kind of top priority. Um, I did not think that they would end up winning out in the end compared to what you heard also with the Yankees and the Phillies being involved and, the, you know, just the, the hometown of New York and just all the kind of things we heard over the last couple of weeks um, that it seemed like he was going to, they'd probably just get outbid or they'd get out, you know, he could they'd go somewhere, somewhere else. Um, I guess the difference that we ended up seeing was they were, they wanted to go to their sixth year with Corbin, which the Yankees and Phillies were just not willing to do. And it's, it's interesting to me because, again, now you think about the money and the, the resources they have tied up into the starting rotation. It's over $500 million between Strasburg, Scherzer, and Corbin. And it's just it's fascinating because, you know, we're at a time where we see bullpenning and opener and, you know, it feels like teams are less and less focusing on starting pitchers and saying we can get outs from a number of different ways. And the Nationals are kind of going the opposite direction, doubling down on we think starting pitching is how we're going to be successful. And I think this is a move that shows that and shows why, you know, that that's their philosophy and that's how Rizzo you know, believes in building a team. I will say that most teams that do go to bullpenning and using openers, it's because they don't have right. Max Scherzer, <laughs> Steven Strasburg, and, and, and the type of rotation that and that's the Nationals have put together. Yeah, uh, and, and Six years. Oh, go ahead. No, and, that, and, that, and that's a good point. I think that is just the, the, the just kind of just contrast of it is that they're saying that, you know, again, they, they believe they want to bet on these guys and bet on, uh, you know, their starters to kind of carry the load of the inning as opposed to maybe going the other way and not spending the money that way, which is, again, I think just a fascinating way to think about how you want to use your resources um, and just kind of use your money. Absolutely. And I think come postseason, if they can get there, most teams would love to have a big three guy, three guys like that to roll out there as opposed to um, getting through 162, maybe bullpenning can can help you out. But when you get to the postseason, having those big horses to give the ball to, man, it, it is a, certainly a nice spot to be. You mentioned the sixth year and 140 million. It's a lot of money for a guy who um, has the Tommy John history. Um, but that's nothing new. Nats have never had a, any problem or shied away from that sort of thing. So maybe it makes sense that they ended up being the team that was willing to to gamble on that final year. Um, that said, it's a lot of money, and yet it seems like it is not going to get in the way of whether or not they're able to sign Bryce Harper. Yeah, and I talked to a couple people within the organization about this kind of over the last couple of days, and, and 
you know, the sense that I've gotten is that brunch is just such an, an independent manner um, that, you know, regardless of what, you know, the, the, the as I kind of mentioned earlier, looking for a starting pitcher is, is not a new thing that they kind of fell into. They, they knew pretty specifically we needed to add a starting pitcher and we were willing to pay for one. So I think that, you know, they're, their interest in Bryce has always been kind of parallel with that, that they were going to add a starting pitcher. And then once Bryce decided to make his decision, whenever that comes, whatever that number looks like, we can decide whether or not that works for us, whether or not uh, essentially ownership is, is ready to get involved and, and kind of dish out that kind of money. Um, you know, Mike Rizzo has been very vocal over the last year or a couple of years we've been talking about this, that, you know, this is really going to be a, 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 when you think about this kind of contract that's this lucrative, that has this kind of length and number dollar amount involved, you have to really be relying on ownership here. And I think that it's just going to be, you know, something that they're going to lean heavily on, on, on that call between Rizzo, Boris, and the Lerner family to decide if they can work out a number, whatever that number is that they're looking for, whether or not that works for the Nationals um, or not. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to affect it very much. I mean, you can look at the money that they've added so far to the free agent, to the five guys they've added so far. Um, this about $40 million or so that they probably added to the books, and they lost about $60-some million, uh, not, in, not, not counting Harper off the, off the uh, table last year. So I think right now they still kind of can come in right about where they would like to be and you know, avoid the luxury tax and such. And I think that you know, if they want to add Harper, they know they probably have to exceed the luxury tax and do all those things. And I think those are conversations they've already kind of been planning to have. I don't think Corbin changes that in any way significantly. A lot of times with the winter meetings, you think about will the big name free agents kind of make an appearance and make the rounds and and talk to different teams and be flown in to whatever city the winter meetings are at. Well, the winter meetings are going to Bryce Harper instead this year. He's such a big free agent. MLB decided no. <laughs> but the, uh, the winter meetings are in Las Vegas. It's obviously Bryce Harper's hometown. Do you think we... If he doesn't sign during the week, do you think we will see Bryce Harper kind of out and about in Las Vegas during the winter meetings, or do you think he's going to lock himself in his basement? <laughs> I would think you're almost for sure not going to see him. Yeah, it just sounds like something that he would just just uh, don't, totally hate. Uh, one of the fun stories you know, this past weekend was the Nationals uh, Winterfest uh, event. One of the kind of stories I really liked, kind of working on from there, was that uh, all the various teammates and coaching uh, coaches there that have been asked in their everyday lives or whatever in the offseason, hey, so where's Bryce going to sign? <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, one of the things, that, you know, they all kind of laughed about is that, you know, one, they said, we have no idea. Uh, but also Bryce kind of goes MIA <laughs> during the offseason. You know, usually kind of disappears and takes a vacation and stays home in Vegas. And really, you know, they say, the few times we talked about Bryce is about, you know, his college game day picks or about Ohio State football or whatever. It's not really about that. So I think that, you know, he's a guy for as much as, as he is in the spotlight, he is, uh, you know, kind of commands the headlines that he does. He's a guy who probably is going to want to to sit out the public side of this. Um, but I 100% expect him to be, him and Boris and company, to be kind of very much present. And I think that you'll see some teams that'll make wherever he'll be at home or, or kind of walk to his place, you'll see teams kind of make the trip out to meet him or find or he'll be taken somewhere hidden in through the back corners to, to meet somebody. Um, you know, I would, I would be surprised if you see Bryce kind of in a public way uh, at there, but I think he will be very, very much present um, because you'll see a lot of teams speculating to meet with him or to talk with him or to talk to Boris and company. And I, and I would expect the Nationals will be some, I, I would be stunned if they sit out all that. Um, you know, I think that, that just you know, the nature of it, they, they usually meet with every agent anyway during the winter meetings, every kind of major agent. Um, and obviously Scott Boris has a lot of their clients. So I think that at some point those two sides will talk and I'm sure Bryce Harper's name will come up a couple times. We like to make a lot out of little 
quick sayings from players here and there and going back to Winterfest last weekend, uh, Anthony Rendon, who will be a free agent before you know it, um, was asked if he'd be willing to sign an extension with the Nationals responding. I think the quote was, I'm up for it, which means absolutely nothing, (laughs) Jamal, but it's certainly something coming from a guy who's going to be a free agent and, and certainly then it gets written about. But realistically, do you think that's something that at some point this offseason is brought up to Rendo? I think 100%. I think you know over the yeah. last year, they, they, these two sides have sort of kind of discussed that possibility. Um, Rendon is very much a kind of a, a low-key person and a person who kind of values comfort. And I think the idea, you know, he's already been in, with the Nationals, he knows what he's getting there, and it, it can kind of, you know, he's also a guy who, you know, he's he's is probably the most underrated player in baseball, and does kind of fly under the radar, but he likes it that way. Um, and I think if, to to be in DC and have Max Scherzer or, or Bryce's back or Soto, whoever kind of commands the headlines, and he just kind of fly under the radar and just be very good and get to play baseball and go home, I think is appealing to him. Um, so I think that you know, a hundred percent, he's also got a he's a you know, he's got an arbitration hearing coming up or a arbitration uh, you know contract to be settled. I think that you know comes sometime in January, perhaps even this weekend or this next week at the winter meetings when they're sitting down with Boris. But I think that's when you'll see just a discussion. Um, in some way about what is that number going to look like? What can we do to get this co- this contract worked out? Especially if they've moved on from Bryce Harper, um, that I think that they'll be more inclined to probably to try to work that out. So I expect some kind of discussion to happen. Um, you know, I kind of go back and forth whether or not they'll actually get a deal done. Um, I just think that Rendon is such an intriguing uh, you know, t- player potentially hitting free agency because you know, he'll be out there. Don't, Aaron Otto's a free agent next year. Donaldson's a free agent next year. You know, so third base could be really, really loaded, but he's also really, really good. Doesn't get the accolades that those other guys get, but, you know, you just look at the numbers and the war. It's always there. And he's consistent. I just think he could be a fascinating uh, player, and I have no idea exactly what that number could look like. Um, you can tell me any, any number as high as, you know, whatever hundred million you want to say. And I could say, yeah, he's probably worth that. Um, so I think there's just, it's going to be sort of fascinating to see if they can come to a resolution here. But I think that um, I can say relative certainty, those the two sides will probably sit down and talk at some point this winter and try to work out a deal in some way. Last week on this podcast, we were talking about Kurt Suzuki and the team adding the catcher they needed. Then they went out and they traded for Jan Gomes as well. So they have two catchers who have proven themselves at the big league level, both behind the plate and from time to time with the bat. They've both had their ups and downs offensively, but they can both hit. Um, So we know they have these guys, but how do they keep both guys happy over 162 games? Because, Jamal, it doesn't feel like it's a number one, number two catcher situation. No, it, it very much is going to feel like a 1A and, and 1B or 1A and 1A really here. And I think, um, you know, I just thought about saying I really like this move. I think that, you yeah. know, last week uh, when we talked about Kurt Suzuki, I was probably, I don't remember exactly kind of how it was, but I was a little lukewarm just because I thought it was a, a much needed improvement. But I thought, okay, if Kurt Suzuki is going to have to play 90 to 100 games and now you've got to get 60 or 70 games out of Spencer Keyboom and Severino, I'm not sure that really solves your problem. And I think now the idea of whether it be 80 and 80 or 90 and 70 or 160, whatever they kind of split up between these two guys, I'm sure will, you know, partially come to who's hitting and playing well. Um, I, I just think this is just they've got a chance to now have kind of the best catching combo, you know, perhaps in the National League or one of the best kind of you know, around the game. And I think that that's just such a stark difference to where they were when they were just getting nothing. Uh, if not negative from their catchers the last two seasons um, by war, they were getting negative uh, that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's got a chance that both guys seem on board, obviously, you know, 
you know, players can say one thing, and then when it happens, you can take another. But um, Gomes and Suzuki have both been very public to say it doesn't matter how many games Suzuki's been part of a platoon anyway in the last couple of years uh, in, in Atlanta. And uh, Jan Gomes also is, is, is at times kind of played more games. That, you know, he's fluctuated with his games played as well. So I, I don't think it's going to be a problem with playing time with these guys. Um, and I think that it's got a chance to be a really, really good catching combo for the Nats, which, again, since Wilson Ramos left in 2016, they just have got nothing for that position. Um, they've done a good job of kind of filling that hole. Next time we talk, Jamal, we'll be at those winter meetings out in Las Vegas. I'm looking forward to it, and we'll see what the Nationals get done. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about the hometown guy out there in Bryce Harper. You can find Jamal on Twitter at Jamal Collier. I'm on there at MLB underscore McMaster. This podcast and all of our MLB Extras Club podcasts can be found at MLB.com backslash podcast or on Apple Podcasts by searching MLB Extras. That'll do it for this edition of the Nats Pod. Tune in again next time. 